Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that crap. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with another episode of the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. And this week, it's my pick. We're going back to 1986 with a little Queensryche, Rage for Order. You boys ready to do this? I am ready, Anthony. How about you? Let's let's hear your tagline <laughs> this week. I've got two. One is serious and one I hope's funny. So let's see how this goes. Oh my God, here uh, we go. Uh, this is the serious one. I can hear the chimes ringing for you, for me. I can see your eyes, your hands joining with me. I can feel it's time. It's time for the world to hear the Audible Ecstasy podcast. Anthony, before you go any further, I was going to That's say that it, exact same. I've got it right here on my screen. I was going to say the exact same thing because I didn't know if you were going to go with that. That is awesome. All right, continue. And the one I thought was funny, it's the Audible Ecstasy podcast. Going to get close to you. Not with that song, you're not. <laughs> that's a good one, dude. Oh Actually, yeah, that's, that's the one. Right there. Oh that's my perfect. god! Okay, all right. Yeah. Even though so I'm that, really starting to like that song did. a lot now, I wrote that before I liked the song. So, <clears throat> okay, ladies, let's get this party started. It's awful early to be laughing, but let's do this. All right, let's have some fun. All right, Chris, let's start it off with track number one. It's called "Walk in the Shadows." Not often that I would say, might as well just let this whole song play. Because this song absolutely (laughs) is the perfect opener for this record. It starts out rocking, it gets into a groove, and it literally puts the listener into a trance. It's kind of like your head's bobbing, you're just rocking along with it. There's some things going on in this song that I've read contradicting stories. Is this about a stalker, or is this about a vampire? Because Either walking in the shadows, I like it, man. You know, we, we can go the vampire route. But, man, holy moly, this is one of my favorite Queensryche songs of, of all their discography, just so you guys know. And I know it's going to fanboy, and you guys can tear it apart. But point uh, the point being, Jeff Tate's vocals are outstanding. 
The guitar solo in this, the trade-off between Wilton and DeGarmo is incredible. They literally go back-to-back on a couple of parts, and it's awesome. When you, If you watch the videos or, or whatever, I don't know if you guys did that far this week or the past two weeks, but um, my God. And like how it ends, they, they turn the they turn the mics up on the drums as this song goes through its outro. Man, I'm telling you what, mm-hmm, this yeah. works. This is the perfect way to start the album and just an outstanding song. I'm at a nine, and I'll let you guys go ahead. Chris, what did you think about uh, Walk in the Shadows? I'm glad, glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you if that was the overdubbing from DeGarmo or if Wilton was kicking in there and they were kind of bouncing off each other in oh, that yeah. solo. That is a killer. One of the one of the best guitar solos on the album right off the bat. Uh, yeah, man, the, the chorus is just so catchy on this song. I mean, it just gets stuck in your head almost immediately. It's one of those songs you can listen to it one time and you can sing the chorus. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's that catchy a song. Uh, yeah, and you know, I'll tell you that the, you didn't mention this, but I, I think those guys are really good. Uh, I don't know if it's just DeGarmo or if Wilton and the, even the drummer kicks in the, on the uh, on the background vocals, but but you know they match oh, Tate yeah. so well with that. I mean, they can they can get up there too, and Tate's got a high range with his his vocal ability there. So to have those guys be able to hit the background vocals and, and match him with that is pretty amazing. Um, you know, I gave it eight and a half. Uh, Excellent. But I, it, I can see the only reason I gave it an eight and a half because honestly, I never heard the song before. So uh, before listening to this album, this is not something I've ever heard sure, on the radio. Sure. So probably should have been. I don't know why it's yeah, not. I've heard this but, before uh, this album, so I don't know. Well, it's Anthony with your it's playlist. The, radio, the reason why I mean, you've heard you might have heard it on like a playlist. Through, yeah, or something, I was going to say but. you've heard it through. You know, radio. I don't know if it ever got released as a single. I didn't get that far into it. Um, it looks like it. It, it was, did, but, but it was you know. I never saw a video for it other than the live versions I could find on YouTube. But yeah, man, that's good. I'm glad you yeah. dig it, man. That's awesome. All right, Anthony. Oh, that's great. Great opener, man. I agree 100%. Walk in the shadows. Talk to us. Uh, song facts on this one. There's not a lot of song facts for this album, but this one had some. Uh, Queens Rock guitarist Chris DeGarmo told Rip Magazine in October 1991, they said, that was our delving into vampirism. By, way, by day, we'll live in a dream. Walk with yes, me sir. and we'll walk in the shadows. It's talking about joining the dark side. This song is also about infatuation. It's speaking to a woman. You're through with me. I'm not through with you. We've had what others might call love. You can't stay away. You need me like I need you. When the fire starts, the pain's too much for your mind. We were all reading the Vampire Chronicles around that time. Amazing books. Set of my favorites right there. Our music has always had a sort of dark flavor to it. Even when we write a love song, it's usually obsessive in nature. So... Anything done with vampires, I'm on board with. Uh, I mean, Slayer song, the vampire song, at Donnelly Sleep. <laughs> I named sleep. a short story after that song, for goodness sake. So, uh, anyways, Walk in the Shadows, man, it's an incredible song from start to finish. I love the way this one sounds, from the drums to the guitars to Jeff's vocals. And I'll say it a lot, Jeff's vocals kill on a lot of these songs. I agree. Uh, the harmonies, catchy chorus, heavy drum beat, solid guitar solo, too. You know, it's an amazing way to lead an album in. I'm somewhere between nine and ten. I had to put it at nine and a half. Um, awesome. But I'm almost willing to go to ten out here in that clip. This sounds like a damn perfect song right here, man. So I, I'd I'll, argue that point with you, just so you know. I'll I'm, I'm supporting stick with your decision, nine and a half. So. But I was thinking about going to ten. I was like, man, listen to that again. I was like, oh, it's such a it's good so song, good, man. It's so good. I know it is it's so good. Yeah, and he he just crushes it when it like when it gets into the chorus there when he's like getting the high pitch stuff. Vocals oh my just god, so good for that, man. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, boys, and to the fact this guy can still hit those oh, notes yeah. too. I mean, it still sounds good doing it. 
He's performing this album in its yeah. entirety on his current tour, just so you guys know. <laughs> this this album on his in its entirety. That's crazy. That's interesting. And he looks like but, a Vegas know, lounge singer when he does that going He definitely does. <laughs> I'll give him credit. He does not look like the uh, He's got the like man a sparkly vest on, and sparkly pants yeah, and everything. Absolutely. You know, he it works. It. Whatever it is, it works for him, I guess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, let's go to track number two. It's called I Dream in Infrared. Possibly the vampire theme because that's the way I think of vampires. They're seeing an infrared when they're yeah, looking to victims. So I don't, I mean, this is like I said, I just come across a, a, a little guy reviewing this and he said the vampire theme. After I read that last week, I was like, holy crap, this is about vampires. So nonetheless, <laughs> Anthony, you, you, you probably got more on this, but nonetheless, I do love how this intro is a clean guitar and it slowly progresses into an overdriven tone. And um, the slowdown in pace from track one to track two isn't exactly how I like to see an album start out. However, based on possible theme, I get it, man. Uh, I probably would have put this song a little later in the track listing, but nonetheless, it's fitting and it's fitting just fine right now. The bass really drives this song throughout. That solo that Chris picked out, I think it's Wilton on that one, just so you know, I believe, because he is wrote it? the song. Well, Wilton wrote the song. So, so yeah. I think it would have been him. I could be wrong. It could be Diarmo. I could not find a live, tr I couldn't find this live that they were showing him up close playing it. So nonetheless, um, Tate's vocals, once again, outstanding. The guitar pages from just distorted, clean, fantastic. The solo, although it's short, is excellent. It adds flavor to the song. I find this song to be great. I'm at a seven. Chris, what'd you think about a dream in infrared? Well, I want to clarify because I, I made a comment earlier. I wanted to make sure I was right on that. Everybody but the drummer sings backup. So, DeGarmo, Wilton, and the bassist Eddie Jackson—they're all singing backup, backing right. vocals. It on takes this. three so guys to keep up. It's amazing. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> it probably does. That's true. Yeah, this this is a great song. I, I think it's very groove driven, yeah. which I appreciate when a song is like that. Uh, Tate's vocals absolutely pierce through on this song. I mean, he just so high, but just in tune and just crushes it. I mean, he does a fantastic job. Again, uh, I guess it is Wilton on this one. I'll take your word for that. Guitar solo is really good. Uh, it's a solid one-two punch to start this album. Actually, it's a solid one-two-three punch to start this album, but. Uh, yeah, I gave it a seven and a half. I think it's between great and excellent. Awesome. Anthony, I Dream in Infrared. Uh, well, you know, you mentioned about the bass guitar. I like that the little bass guitar riff that opens the song. I always love to hear a bass guitar highlight it. It's really nice. Um, you know, I like the way this song ebbs and flows. You know, I'm going to say this a bunch tonight, but Jeff just sounds great on vocals again. 
he has an amazing voice for songs like this. You know, I love ballads, and this one works. Uh, no complaints, no flaws. Everything you want from a power ballads here, man. I gave it a nine. I think it's an outstanding song, man. No flaws at all. Awesome, so, dude. A, yeah, yeah. So I was trying to, I was trying to keep my inner fanboy at check. Thank you for continuing that, Anthony. Well, it's okay. I mean, I, there's no song facts, but the dream of infrared, I can see it being a vampire theme, or vampire sort of seeing the dark and seeing. Trust me, it's that way. This is continuing. Let's go ahead. Track number three, The Whisper. Again, let's continue the Vampire Masquerade. I can hear that. Holy! Oh my God! I mean, after I read this, this album is a whole different view from what I listened to when I was a kid. All right. So the whisper, the flow from "I Dream into a Whisper," uh, the song "I Dream into This" is perfect. I mean, it just kind of flows in like the Operation Mindcrime songs do so well on that album. Um, man. It almost makes you feel like this is a kind of like a part two into a part three when you think about the vampire theme. I love the riff and the groove on this song. Jeff's vocals are excellent. This song really grew on me this week to the point it's actually my sleeper now. I love this song. I think I, I just wasn't super familiar with it. I mean, I, I knew the album. I just couldn't remember this song. Um, there's nothing but greatness going on here. This guitar riff is excellent. And I'm seriously calming my inner fanboy. I mean, guys, lyrically, when you read the lyrics, uh, it is pure vampire worship. I never caught this before. <laughs> I mean, cold is the viper stalk in the night for heat. Uh, and then it goes, please oh, yeah. take my hand, don't be afraid. Uh, please take my hand, voices are calling me back. Don't be afraid, back to the day. I am your master, footsteps had followed. You are oh, my yeah. slave, me faster. Listen. I mean, listen, man, It's like that's what you are. When you're the vampire, you're the master of whoever you've just bit. So you know what? I love it. Break out the teeth. It's happening. Chris. Talk to me. What do you think about the whisper? Oh yeah, it's eight point five. My bad. Eight point five. <laughs> I got too excited, dude. This is my sleeper. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm with you on this. This is uh, I tell you, this song is one that just starts in the pocket and just stays there the whole time. Uh, I wrote mind crime esque because it it feels like something from mind crime. Oh, yeah. you, you mentioned that too, and it, it absolutely feels like it could fit right in there. There's a few songs on this album yeah. that feel that way. Yeah, actually, definitely. I mean. I kind of got this at the end, and I'm sure you're going to say it too, Jimmy, but this, you can definitely see the, the beginnings of what Queen's Rock is about to become in this album. You really can. Uh, riffs are fantastic. Uh, love the pace. Uh, 
Um, I, I say this a lot for some reason, but it, it struck me when listening to it. The background vocals, man, those guys all blend so well with Tate. And Tate, you know, he's just a, a master at what he does. But those guys, I'm not sure they that gets noticed enough when you're listening to it. So it's a very solid song. I gave it an eight. I think it's excellent. Fantastic. Anthony, The Whisper. You know, I like the uh, Iron Maiden sounding intro on that one, too. I'm, I Great comparison. Cool. Yeah. Great comparison. And I think his vocals have a very Halloween sound to them, too, as well, on this one. Yes. I can hear, like, Halloween. I want out. You like, I want it, out, you? something like that, yeah, yeah from that, that time and place. Awesome. Every dude. time I hear the song, I was like, that sounds like Halloween a little bit. Uh, anyways, you know, Jeff could share a glass <laughs> with the highest pitch of his vocals. Um, anyways, well, it's matter, Chris. Chris is like, I don't know who the hell Halloween is, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, the song Halloween by Halloween, I listen to like every Halloween. So, I mean, I love that song. Keeper of the Seven Keys Part One is amazing. Awesome album. Actually, their new album is great with all three singers back. It's really good, it's, too. It so. is a great play. Yeah, great yeah, song. Anyway, anyways, not saying a Halloween, but maybe someday we'll get into Halloween on here. But uh, <laughs> That'd be me and you only, buddy. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh you know, Jeff could shatter glass for the highest pitch of his vocals, man. He's got that high pitch here, but he doesn't falter. It's it's perfect throughout the whole song. He never, never gives up on that. Uh, it's really amazing to hear him sing that way. The song itself has lots of things going for it. Drums, guitars, nice beat, nice groove, solid harmonies. But, you know, the vocals really are the big star on this one, too. There's zero complaints. Uh, I gave it an eight. Excellent, but almost want to go to a nine after hearing that clip this time and learning the vampire stuff you know it's like oh man i almost want to go a little higher on the song now for that so but i'll stick with my eight at excellent that's fair enough man i'll take it i'll take it all right guys track number four going to get close (laughs) to you do it chris most polarizing song we've ever done probably you gotta hear me out I don't watch you. I'm telling you, telephone each and every afternoon. I'll wait by your door till you're asleep at night. And when you're alone, I know when you turn out the light. Sexy on Sexy queens, right? Holy moly. Okay. I get it. I know what's getting ready to happen. I'm going to go ahead and let the listeners be warned. There's absolutely going to be some hate thrown in between this sandwich of love. Not for me. <laughs> um, no, no, me and you are going to be the positive end of this, I think, somewhat, somewhat positive. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it's not it's not an eight. It's not a nine. It's nothing like that, guys. But here we go. It's close. As I learned, what at least what I believe to be a theme going on this record for the first few songs, I think it continues, and this is why they covered okay. this song. I think you? they covered this song to close out a vampire theme for this record. And, and don't get me wrong, it is kind of got that vibe talking about following somebody in the darkness and always being there and watching them. It's, I guess it's a stalker song or it's a vampire song. One or the other, you can't go wrong. Um, the song is not a Queensryche tune. Obviously, it's a cover. Uh, I, I can't believe they covered it. It's a terrible song to begin with, but Queensryche 
put it in the right place as far as what their theme is, I think. And you know what? The song does have a like a tranquil vibe going on that kind of reels you in. I know it never reels you in, Chris, but you know, Jeff is speaking a lot of these parts, which I get that. Um, he's got a passionate voice. He's and he's basically the only guy that can pull this off to make this garbage dumpster fire song into something that's listenable. Um, at first, I I will admit I did hate this song, but after multiple listenings and lists, and then and then hearing about the possible vampire theme in this, I kind of grew over that, and I kind of threw it in track with one, two, three, four on this track listing. I do think it falls between good and very good, Chris. I know you're going to disagree a hundred thousand percent. I'm at a five and a half. What do you think, buddy? Go ahead. <laughs> Let's get this out of the way. Chris's flush of the week. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm looking through. Uh, so some lady named Lisa Dalbello yeah. wrote this song. That's her cover. And her uh, sounds to me like she she did a whole lot of songwriting for groups like Duran Duran and uh, Heart and uh, Glass Tiger. A lot of these 80s kind of pop bands, if you will. Yeah, so I was just curious if there was like a connection between those bands, but I really can't see one other than they just covered the song for some reason. Wow. So I don't, I don't really quite know what that was all about. Um, anyway, to get on to the review of this song, <laughs> buckle up. I'm all right, I'm, I'm I'm ready to go. Water in hand. It's a self-indulgent drivel. No idea why these guys released this nonsense. I listened to it several times to try to understand it. It may have slightly moved up a half a point. Uh, overall, it's garbage. A complete waste of time. I do not recommend. I gave it a one and a half. Hey, it did get out of the... horrible and bad. <laughs> it, got <laughs> it was out horrible. The, it got out of the gutter. But but it was like... Eh, what I'll is, it what is zero half, again yeah. for us? Avoid at all costs. And what's one again? Right. One was horrible. Uh, horrible. Horrible. So it's between horrible and bad. bad. It's all right, Anthony. We won't talk to Chrissy more. And unfortunately, that really brought the rating down to the overall album. So That's, That's okay, man. Fault. That's what it is. All right, Anthony, fault. talk no, to it's us. It's not my own fault. It's their fault. It's your fault. to get close to you. Put on your big boy pants and try to enjoy this song. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried. I listened to this several times. I could not. You know, guys, I'm really starting to like this one a lot. Uh, it's close <laughs> to the sleeper hit of the week for me. I, I kid you not. It really is. Uh, I honestly... Hated it the first time I heard it. I absolutely despised this song the first time I heard it. I had no idea what the hell I was listening to, but after digging it for a bit, I really started digging it. Um, it's so weird and so strange, and it shouldn't work, but I think it does. Um, I think the band pulls off this cover song very effectively. Jeff really has the vocals to make a song like this work. And the band sounds fantastic backing him up, man. I, I gave it a seven. I think it's a great tune. I'm really digging it. Might even climb a little higher to hear it a few more times. I, I Something about wow. it, it just hit me right, man. I don't know. but I have to make this comment. It is the only song on this album to get on any singles chart at all. It was on I know. It was number crazy, 91 on the, on the UK singles chart. It was their yeah. first single, too. None of the other songs on this album charted at all. Lord. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's okay. their first single, too, which is also strange to be your first single. But didn't do squat in the United States where it matters. Is all I'm saying, so. <laughs> yeah, and, and for all our international listeners, he doesn't mean that at all. I, you know, it's a very some, small percentage of who listens to that. Some things in Europe hit better than stuff in America, man. It depends. Like 
having some of our power ballots done better here and not as good in Europe and it's strange how that works. Uh, like that. Chris's views do not affect the. Well, well I'm just going to say it makes me think differently of the Brits in this world. If this song charted for them, is all I'm going to say. Oh, I'm like, okay. I think it's a great <laughs> tune. What was going on in England in 1986 to make his song chart over there? But well, then we're a lot of vampires were points off. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's go ahead and continue. Track five, "The Killing Words." Hit it, Chris. Love that intro. Goodness. Oh my goodness. All right. So, dude, how long you want me to play this? Yeah, I don't know. Two, three (laughs) minutes. Who knows? All right. Anyway, the killing words. Now, this, for those uninitiated prior to Operation Mind Crime, this is absolutely the Queen's right tone. The way this song starts off with the guitar arpeggio, it's slow, chimey. Lyrically, it's probably the best, one of the best songs I've ever heard about breaking up with somebody. It's got these dark lyrics, a dark guitar tone. It's got a great transition between the clear and cleaned distorted to distorted guitar tones. I mean, when you think about it, when you guys in 86, we were both, we were all 13, 14 years old. You got to think about this. This is kind of how you're feeling. If you're breaking up with somebody or being in the middle of a breakup and you, and you feel like you've lost your true love. I, I think the song, it, it did grow on me a little bit this week. Um, and it's, I think it's easy to sing along with cause it gets that over and over part. And I'm just like, hey, you know, it kind of sticks with you. I do find this between very good and great. I'm at a six and a half. Chris, what do you think about the killing words? First off, I think that uh, that keyboard intro we got sounds a little bit like it came out of a uh, Scientology recruitment video. I see you're completely uh, wrong about that, man. It sounds like an 80s. No, I want you to listen to this wow. again. This sounds this sounds very much not. By the way, I, I like this song, but I, I'm just I just want to point out. <laughs> play this again. I want you guys to listen to this. I love that intro. Can you not hear like it sounds Ella like Ron an Hubbard 80s play? horror? It sounds like it come from some '80s horror movie, to be honest with you. Just so you know, that's, that's what okay. I, heard. I see. Tom Cruise, like Tom Cruise, floating as a vampire, like a really poor as a vampire. <laughs> a this is where it come from. Easy, I'm you right now. I've seen this movie before. Hang on a minute. I think I've seen this movie. All right, all right. So anyway, I just had to point that out because when I heard it, I was like, man, that sounds like some cult See, video. When I when I hear that, I think of like those 80s bicycle scenes from movies and like the horror movies like Monster Squad and stuff and those kids it, riding well, around. Well, it definitely has like a Stranger Things yeah, vibe. Yeah, that's what too. I I get that. I mean, I, I yeah. totally get that too. 
But yeah, so this song to me, it's got a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on there. I think when the chorus kicks in and they're like singing and they're firing on all cylinders, sounds fantastic. And there's even a really good groove in with the chorus and stuff. But in the in the regular parts of the song, man, it's, it should drag sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it really does. Uh, so I, I, I like parts of it and I don't like parts of it. I gave it a five. I think it's good overall. But Fair enough. Beyond that, like, I don't know. It, it does drag in parts. Cool. Hey, dude, it's all... It's got that Scientology sound. <laughs> you don't have to it. defend it. It's okay. <laughs> Anthony, what would you think about the killing words? Yeah, like I said already, I love the 80s horror movies sounding intro, man. That would just... Gave me some good vibes when I heard that right off the bat. You know, I love Jeff's vocals. Very moody, gothic, atmospheric. The band backing him up sounds great, too. But it's I think it's Jeff's voice, once again, that just nails this song perfectly for me. Um, I think it's a seven. I gave it a great, man. It's a great tune in my mind. So um, a lot of things Perfect. to like in that one. So, All right, guys. Well, we're going to move it to track six. is the final song on side one. It's called Surgical Strike. precursor to what the Queen's right sound becomes on the next album. You can definitely tell that Krista Carmo and Michael Wilton wrote this song because it is a riff fest. And honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it's a riff ride. Back and forth. Tate's vocals outstanding as usual. Is this, I can't tell what's going on here, but it's probably a political jab toward our government. I don't know what lyrically is going on here. It's definitely not about vampires. Uh, but uh, the solo on this song is likely the best on this record. I mean, and the production of the song is excellent. I love, I love how this song sounds. It's a fun ride. Makes the song great. I'm at a seven. Chris, what do you think about Surgical Strike? I think this is the only song on this album that DeGarmo and Wilton wrote alone. I mean, it's it's like when you see that, you're like, okay, the two guitarists wrote this song. Okay, it's going to be a guitar fest, and it was. Oh That's yeah, a, absolutely. A good point. It's not quite my sleeper. It was real close. Uh, there's one song that on the back half that I feel is just a, a notch better, but it's definitely right up there, man. Uh, I absolutely love the guitar solos on this. Those guys absolutely bounce off each other so well and just rip it up. Jeff sounds fantastic. He's doing his vocal gymnastics on this and he's crushing it. Uh, I want to say a little date in parts there. There was a it lot is. of, you know, kind well, of you stuff. You can hear but that keyboard. Still, it sounds, yeah. it's, hey, listen, it's, it's just a snapshot in time is all it is. 
Uh, I'm yeah. I'm, I gave it a seven and a half. I think it's between great and excellent. It was Fantastic. it was a very solid song on on. I guess technically it's not the back half of this album because it was solid one side. on the mm-hmm. track listing, but feels like a back half song. <laughs> Thanks for the insult. It's good. Right. I mean, I don't mean that, I don't mean that in a, <laughs> in a good way. Just, it's a good back exactly. half song. It's a good back half on the first half. It's good, but it's on the, it's on the first half. It's a back half song. It's all good. They never play exactly. it. It's on the back yeah. half. Let's do this. All right, <laughs> what do you think about Surgical Strike? Uh, you know, Jimmy, I was thinking about the vampire thing. Surgical strike, straight to the heart. You got to have a surgical strike I, to kill a vampire, dude. Very so. much, dude. You know what? I didn't. Even, after I, I could make it work. Couple songs. You could make this work. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my god. Actually, that very much does sound like a vampire. It's, I get that. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, right, I think dude. this song is about a political, you know, shenanigans or something going on. There might even be some yeah, political stuff mixed in there as well, but. Uh, yeah, man, I'm digging the driving beat, the fast pace of the song. Jeff again nails those vocals perfectly. Band sounds fantastic. Another song like so many on here that just works from the opening riff to the last. Man, I gave it a seven. I think it's a great tune. So awesome. Yeah, I mean you're on the same page. That's fantastic. And I'm Chris. I'm, I'm I'm glad you love that one. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Really, other other than gonna get close to you, this is a solid album. So right on, man. No complaints. Right. So we're gonna flip this over to side two. It's track seven. It's called New Regal. So side two starts off with a war cry for the new order. The riff is infectious, and honestly, it's another one of my favorite songs by the Reich. This is the first song I ever learned how to play on guitar by Queensryche. Way back really? in like 86 or 87 when this first came out. And I think it's such a dark tune. I mean, it takes us back to a time when the world was a lot different in 86. You got to think about this, guys. The PMRC was in the headlines. Chernobyl had just exploded. And we had the biggest televised tragedy of all time publicized for the kids at school. Remember when the space shuttle blew up while we were in school? We watched it on TV. Um, vocally outstanding, lyrically outstanding, the guitar work outstanding. This one also foreshadows what's getting ready to happen on Operation Mindcrime. This song would literally fit in Operation Mindcrime. I think this is one of their greatest songs <laughs> they've ever written. I think it's outstanding. I'm at a nine. Chris. What do you think about New Regal? I agree 100% with you, man. It, it, this was my sleeper of the week. 
uh, it absolutely feels like you can hear the the beginnings of mind crime on this song. Oh, yeah. And this this feels like it would just Jeez. fit right in there as far as that goes. Uh, build ups are great on this song. I love the way it ebbs and flows. Uh, Jeff sounds fantastic. The background vocals are on. Everything about this song is fantastic, dude. I mean, I, it is it is one of the best songs on this album. Awesome, I'm man. too low looking at my score. I gave an eight. I'm gonna bump out to a nine because th- this is absolute. I agree with you 100. This is an outstanding song. Awesome. Man. Awesome. I don't know why I gave that an eight. That's that should definitely be a nine. Anthony, talk to us. New guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna bump mine up too to make it a perfect twenty seven. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds perfect. Right, why did you originally have it at just out of curiosity? Was it an, an eight, eight or something? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what you I had too. But I think it's a little better than that. Yeah, I'm gonna bump it to a nine and make it a an outstanding song. Uh, you know, I just I like the way this one starts, that build up, that acoustic guitar, it's very moody, very atmospheric. And then he followed with that crunchy guitar right after too, which is really nice. I yeah. uh, like the way that weird thing they do with Jeff's voice too at the start. Oh yeah, what they're he's using. Think it's a megaphone. Yeah, megaphone. Is it a megaphone yeah. he's using? Well, okay. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, sounds like it's it. like a. That's, oh, it's a great vocal. That's a pretty cool little trick. Um, and you know, once he gets going with his normal vocals, he's killing it again. Man, the Duke and just—he's one of the greatest singers of all time. He really is. Uh, I really like the harmonies, the chorus. It's great guitar solo. Just no complaints. This is an incredible song. So, yeah, I'm easily bumping that one up to a nine. So, awesome guys. All right, let's go. Nine to track times number. three is twenty-seven, right? That is correct, sir. Right. Your math okay. is working. You're good. It's <laughs> making sure. <laughs> All right, let's go to track eight. It's called "Chemical Youth." We are rebellion. We are rebellion. <laughs> Chemical youth, we are rebellion. The political attack is continuing. The guitar licks in between the course are absolutely insane. You can absolutely tell a guitarist wrote this song because of the riffing. Wilton, I mean, honestly, this is a masterful riff. Uh, it's fantastic. There's a reason why this is one of the fan favorite songs when they play this. I mean, it's it's just absolutely easy to get along to. It's kind of a scream along, if you will, when they're doing their, uh, you know, the lyrical show me lead me, hear me, see, you know, whatever. That's what gets the fans into it. Um, Although this isn't one of my favorite songs, I do appreciate the greatness of it. Um, It definitely pleases the masses. I do find it between uh, between great and excellent, I think, is where I'm going to see this. I'm going to go with a seven and a half. Chris, what would you think about Chemical Youth? 
So you say this is a fan favorite? It is. Yeah. I, I've never been. Yeah. I was never aware of well, that. whenever they play that, they play this live a lot. And, uh, or even, you know, after this album has gone, I, I think they pretty much rock this song a lot. So, you know, it must be some yeah. kind of fan favorite. Well, I'm with you. You know, I gotta say, I did not realize, I always knew DeCarmo, but I didn't realize, Wilton's a hell of a guitarist himself, man. I, oh, yeah. They had a fantastic one-two punch with these guitarists. Yeah, they did, dude. Because, yeah, I mean, he wrote this song with Jeff Tate, it looks like, so that's impressive. It's definitely a riff-driven song. Um, you know, I tell you, it's, it, there's a there's a breakdown in the middle of this song that I didn't catch that definitely has that mind crime feel, when he, he's kind of like talking into the lyrics, and it kind of slows down and then kick, brings back up. Yeah. I think the outro on this song is really good. I yeah. didn't grab that part, but I, I really like the outro quite a bit. I just wrote this down. He almost reminds me of uh, of a uh, Priest's lead singer, Rob oh, Halford, Halford. There, in, in in parts. Man, I mean, it's yeah. just like, did you catch that? Like, there was one part there where he just like just lets out a scream. Like, it out. Oh, God, that's what that oh, sounds yeah. like. I may be a little low. I gave it a six. I, I'm gonna bump it to six and a half. That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a solid tune. Good deal, Anthony. Chemical you. you know, uh, speaking of Rob Halford, he never was uh, trained or nothing. It was all he did it himself. I, I've read he's never had vocal coaches, nothing like that. I mean, a lot of these guys don't, man. Impressive. Honestly, that's yeah. that's a that's a more of a modern thing. You know, Halford's been doing it what fifty years. You know, something crazy, like that. Crazy, Dude can still sing. You yeah. know, uh, pipes. This one still had, this had some song facts to it. So, uh, Queen's right guitarist Chris DeGarmo told Rip Magazine in October nineteen ninety one. This was about 20th century youth, uh, really about living in the atomic age. Chemical youth was also a play on the technological, ecological aspect of the day we were living in at the time. It was a song about feeling rebellious. I don't know if there was really a general theme to it. It was more like a hodgepodge of all these little sentences that made up a modern day picture. The leftist cry as the right subsides. Hear me, the media mouth is open wide. Success is our hunger. We need to feed. Classic Jeff Tate. So, anyways, that's kind of where that one's coming from. And I, too, gave it a six. It might be a little low, too, after hearing that clip just now. A very good. Uh, but I do like the crunchy guitars, the big drums, that kind of 80s metal sound that's all over. I do like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's really no complaints about it. It's not one of my highest liked on the album, but uh, it's definitely a grower and not a skipper. So, uh, uh Probably mm-hmm. enjoy it a lot more once I hear it. I hear it more, but yeah. As of now, I'll leave it at a six. At a very good. That's cool, man. I mean, you know, it's like I said, it's all in how you hear it, guys. You, you you rate it as you hear it. So I mean, I get it. As we're listening to it, sometimes you hear it back. You're like, wow, that's better than what I thought. Well, you know, when I hear these, you know, maybe bump at a like, point. Or- what made me bump it a half a point while in on the fly here was that Halford sounding sc- scream he let out. I was like, sometimes <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time around. That right, got me right. with a few of the songs here. It's like you're kind of into yeah. it a little bit, then he hits that little specific spot, and you're like, whoa, I like that a lot. That's really oh, cool. Yeah. Like, wow, he just crushed that note. Yeah. All yeah. right, let's let's move it on. Track number nine. It's called London. Back to the vampire theme again. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, man. I can hear it all over this one.
Oh yeah. So this song is it's a little bit of a, a, a different pace for sure after coming off Chemical Youth and New Regal. It's a little slow down here. I mean, let me tell you something. I don't know if this one, like you said, Anthony, is a song about vampires, but I lyrically, mean, it absolutely hints to it. Blood red streaks on their velvet throats. I'm hey, just saying. This. It starts out like this. It was November 4th. I last held your hand. It seemed our time would last forever. You said don't ever leave. I thought you'd never go. Forever? I mean, come on, man. That's got a lot of vampirism in we that, see, too. I thought this was going to be like a breakup about somebody he loved in London, and then you hear the lyrics about that blood red streaks on Velvet Throats. Holy crap, dude. That is... Yeah. That's about Jack the Ripper, do you? I mean, well, it could very well be. November the 4th happens. Yeah. I had read somewhere that it was about a, a bad breakup, but they never really talked about it. Now, Anthony may have gotten a little bit further into this, but uh, you know what? I dig the song. I think it, uh, it starts off slow, and I, I do like... There, I think there's a similarity to uh, a similarity to I don't believe in love, and I really that song gives me that vibe, and it grew on me this week. Of course, I found it to be, I think it's great. I, I gave it a seven, guys. I'm not sure how you guys are going to feel about this one, but I think it's great. Chris, what do you think about London? Well, it is the longest song on the album, five minutes. The only one that breaks the five minute mark. Uh, you know, it's got a unique uh, chord progression in it. I think. Uh, it, the, the way that they kind of string some of the right. notes together there. Uh, solid guitar solo. I think Jeff sounds really good, like he always does, as well as the background vocals. Uh, all that said, that didn't really move the needle that much for me. I, I don't gotcha. love it. I don't hate it. It's kind of like middle of the road for me. Okay. I gave it a five and a half. I think it's between good and very good. But of course you'd give it a five and a half. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. Chris. We're okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, it's it's... Yeah, listen at you. I'm going to give you the baby cry, man. I do whine about my, my scores. The song gets a little bit long, gets a little bit slow. Chris is like, nah. drags. I mean, whoops, what, what do you want from me? I mean, you know, I don't, I don't care for long, slow, draggy songs, man. That's kind of what this yeah. is. But that said, there are parts that I really like. I mean, I, I, I like the chorus. I feel like it's a pretty solid chorus. It's, yeah, it's easy to sing along. I, I get it, man. All right. Yeah. Anthony? You know. Talk to uh, us. Not, by the way, good, between good and very good is not bad score. I know it's not bad. I didn't say that. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I was going to say, man, I was looking at the rest of the lyrics, uh, and there's even more to the vampire theme on here. Uh, he says, Oh, there's some things in life I can never face. The worst is being alone. Some wh- sometimes I wish I could have taken your place, my love. You know, I don't want to live forever. Uh, let me see you standing in the shadows once again. We'll walk the Dude. streets like long ago. So just saying, man, I can hear a lot of vampires in that one too. Um, just, just because a song's about vampires doesn't mean you boost the score though. Man. It does for me. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it absolutely you does, put, Chris. It absolutely does. You put a does. vampire in a book, in a movie. Yeah, I'm up there, man. That's I'm one actually going to add a point .5 to my... <laughs> That's a that's one of my favorite creatures to write, to read. Everything is the vampire. I love the vampire genre. Um, but anyways, man, I think it's my sleeper of the week. Wow. Uh, I like the, I like this one the very first time I heard it and it's only gotten better. The more I have listened to it, digging the moody vibe that's all over the song. And before I knew anything about this vampire theme, this is what I wrote. Very vampiric at its core. And Jeff uses that voice to sell that theme to perfection. Band sounds fantastic. Drums, guitars, and guitar solo are amazing. I can't heap enough praise on this. I mean, it's a nine. It's outstanding. It's one of my favorites by Queensryche as of this day. I really like this song a lot. So, um, Dude, that's great. 
You know me as a ballot guy. I love I love moody ballots. Oh, you're man. getting your so, moody ballot in a second. Stop your whining. <laughs> I like that last one too a lot. Not as much as London, but I like that one a lot. Too, you know, so. I guess the I guess that is a ballad, but usually when I think about ballads, I'm thinking about like love songs or something, and that's not Queensryche's thing, man. It's more vampires like, uh, are absolutely about love, stalking in the shadows and I getting mean, ready to pounce. There's thing, a very you know? romantic kind of vamp <laughs> thing about vampires, man, with the blood exchange and all. There's very much a a theme in there of love and you know eternity and all that stuff so anyways i guess i read a lot of Anne rice in my lifetime you really have that's awesome (laughs) all right let's go to track number 10 it's called screaming in digital hit it chris So, with the what we've been talking about, the theme of this record, you can take this two different routes as well, Anthony. <laughs> you could lean toward the vampirical thing from a father standpoint, or you can lead toward a digital. And I think this one is probably going more to the digital digital route on this one, just just a little bit. But I was reading the lyrics as it went along. I was like, "Good lord, dude, this is this could be." Once you once you ways, hear the man. theme, you can start reading it into about everything. Well, now you can read almost every song. You're right, you're right. But listen, like, to this, I will man. remember the last song too. I will remember, you know, when dude, yeah, uh, it's crazy. This is uh, this on this song right here for me. It's probably the most complex lyrical and musical song on the album because of the transitions. There is the Operation Mindcrime tone yet again in full effect. I think this song would fit perfectly on mind crime. I, it's a lot to swallow toward the end of this record. I mean, the solo, holy crap. Chris, you picked the absolute best part of this song, and it is an absolute yeah, standout. Uh, the trade-off between Wilton and DeGarmo is flawless. I will say this. I love this song, and though my score may not sound like it's something I love, I'm still seeing this as great. I'm at a seven on this song, and I think it's a heck of a way to wind this record down. What do you think about it, Chris? Well, yeah, it's still my notes again, man. That's one of my first ones. Is this another one that absolutely could have landed right on Mind Crime? It kind of sets up the the tone of that of that masterpiece that we've got coming up right after this album comes out. Uh, you know, I like the tempo changes in this song, and, and the drummer, man, he he does a fantastic oh, job yeah. on that too. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Scott Rockenfield. Good job, man. We should mention all these guys, I guess, at some point. We really should, yeah. Uh, I mean, really, the rhythm section pushes the hell out of this song on top of those two guys just blazing those solos out and playing off each other. Jeff, I mean, it's definitely one of the better songs on the back half of this album. Um, 
I gave it a seven as well, and I almost feel like that's a little too low, but I guess I'll just leave it where it is. I'm with you, man. Adjust I... every song. <laughs> Dude, I know, right? I know, I know. But it's a great song, so that seems fair. Yeah, that's where I am with that. All right. Anthony, Screaming in Digital. Uh, well, you know, I like the intro and the build-up into the song. It works well. The song itself, it's got a lot of good things going for it. It's not one of the highlights for me on this album either. Uh, vocals, drums, guitars, you know, all the things that make these songs work are there and they sound really good doing it. Um, but personally, it's not a skipper, but it's not one that just jumped off at me. I gave it a six. I thought it was very good. So I do like That's a lot good, of the aspects man. of it. And hearing that clip now, it kind of bumped up a little bit in my head too. So a few more times, maybe I'll uh, make it a, a little higher score. But for now, I'll leave it at a six. It's very good. Fantastic. I have to point out that Anthony said this earlier in the week and he's spot on. This is the perfect name for a podcast. If we ever really rebrand this thing, that might be the name that, of the that, This would definitely gonna be this is definitely gonna be our podcast name. I, I couldn't agree more. That is the perfect name for that a podcast. That happens to me all the time with my other podcast. I'll be going, I should have named it that. I should have named it that. So much better than what I did before. So it drives right, me nuts right. when I hear that. But you can't rebrand once you get about a year into something. So I, I've heard Dave Grohl say this in the past. Like, if I'd have known the Foo Fighters would be as successful as they were, I would yeah. never named it that. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he's he, stuck with that name now forever. Or he just did it as a joke. Just like, yeah. He Fighters. did. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was like, yeah, I think he was from that Kung Fu fighting song or something that he like. Well, a Foo Fighter just, was back with, uh, <laughs> wasn't it doing with UFOs and stuff? UFOs in, in the uh, 50s, yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I don't know. I, it seems like I heard him say that they were just like joking around and they named it that. And then like, or I guess I don't know. He, I, he was. It was his project. I don't know who he was joking around with when he named it that. But I've yeah. heard him say that if it, if he knew the band would have been as successful, he would have never named it that. I mean, you look at some of the band names out there in the world, and you're like, you know, if you had been knew who you were, would you have named yourself? Yes. <laughs> but the, but that's the thing like you got probably a bunch of teenage kids just being yeah. stupid naming a band and all of a sudden it actually winds up being something and then you, you're stuck yeah. with the name you know or the band calling themselves the band <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah that's ridiculous holy moly all right well boys let's go to the final track it's called i will remember feel about closing tracks on a record you guys are getting ready to hear it from me <laughs> all right 
I do feel like Queensryche has missed a step on this one. I feel like Screaming in Digital would have been a better closer than the, than this song right here. Still I, the notes, I am not a fan <laughs> of an album closing on a slow or sad note. I do appreciate the song. I do. I, I mean, it's good. You know, it's it's good. But after hearing what we've heard, I don't think this is the way this album should have closed out. I mean, lyrically, it's a strong album, and once again, can lean toward a vampiric theme. Uh, I'm not, you know, once again, not 100 percent sure about this stuff. But there's no build up on this song to a heavy conclusion. It's just, it's just like a little peaceful acoustic slash Jeff Tate trying to sing it off. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. This song's a skipper for me, nine times out of ten. I find it to be good. It just doesn't fit with me. They really should have placed this somewhere else. That's all I'm saying. Five. It's good. Just not one of my favorites. This would have been my flush, as, as weird as it sounds. Chris, what do you think about I Will Remember? I don't disagree with you, man. Uh, absolutely. Actually, when I, I didn't say this note on Screaming in Digital, but I, I guess I didn't want to allude to my final score on this one, but I was like, this is the song the album should have closed on, the Screaming in Digital. Um, you know, it's not bad. And if this were mind crime, you know, if this were like a rock opera like, like we've listen to from them in the future i would understand closing with this song because it probably wraps up a story as far as that goes but that's not really what we have here uh yeah this this is filler to me it, it drones on too long i I would have left it off the album i gave it a four it's a mess for me four yeah did you hear that jimmy wow. gave it a four. i did hear that that is why you know what i, I get it chris it, it's it. just a boring song and you should not close an album with this you need you need people to like look forward to the next release and screaming yeah. in digital would have been that and i don't know yeah. why they they tacked this on at the end i'm with know. you i'm with all right anthony talk to us <laughs> i think I mean, it's like you said I you skip it nine times out of ten right? i do i do dude yeah. I, you I should appreciate have it if you feel is. that if you if well, you would never listen to this it's a mess you're probably right. I may have been a little high, but I still appreciate the song for what it is because it is, it's a good song. It's just not the way this album should have ended. And I would skip this one because of that. Fair enough. I think it's right, a, I gave it an excellent. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to read anything else. You can it's an no, excellent song. Seriously, I'm curious to see what your thoughts I are. I think it actually closes the album pretty strongly, but I do agree with you that you probably, it depends what you want to go with as a band. Do you want to leave somebody kind of, Wanting more, something kind of a little moody. It just depends what you're kind of going for with your theme of your album. And apparently, right. I guess on this album, with the vampire theme playing throughout, I guess they wanted something a little moodier, a little darker, and nothing's as upbeat, something to kind of send you off, well, give you a little more of a vampiric thought in your head, right. so to speak, you, when you leave. I get it, Anthony. You know? Trust me, after thinking about the vampiric theme, I'm like, yeah. this is how vampire movies, they don't end, they don't end with a bang. They end with, yeah, a lot of times you know they what I'm saying? Don't. It's kind of like a... It's like a almost like a love story that's fallen apart in a lot of cases. Some, and I get, yeah. I get it. You know what I mean? So but, yeah. I think it's an excellent tune. I think it's a good. They close very strong with this song. Uh, I mean, but I like anything with ballads, and I love the way Jeff sure. sounds on ballads. And this song just is really, it's a great ballad, man, from start to finish. And uh, you're getting no complaints out of me. I think it's an excellent tune. But I can see they putting this one earlier in the album and pulling one of the other ones like Chemical Youth or Surgical Strike and putting it here. I could see that easily right. being a way to do it. I'm not arguing that point. I can understand what you're saying with that. I'm just saying just, is that I, I do really flipped. like this song though, so I'm glad it's here. Yeah. You know. But uh, maybe if you'd have just flipped the last two 
Uh, Possibly. This, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a placement thing for me. But then you go from London to, I will remember, you go from to ballot to ballot. Yeah. and then you Yeah, you're right. That's true. You can't do that. You're That's absolutely kind of right. Different. So maybe they could have cut one of the songs. I mean, this was this the CD era? They probably were filling no, CD No, this wasn't time. CD era. This is tape era, brother. No, this is was it still tape era? era? Yeah, it was on 86, yeah. wasn't it? Well, you got to remember, it was not widely accepted until 89. That's when it became the blowout that it became, you know, 89, 90, 91. Yeah. CDs. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So nonetheless, uh, dude, I I, I knew you were going to like it. And that's not a, it's not a knock at all. I just, you know how I feel about closing records. I want something that rocks, something that feels good and something, you know, leave me wanting more. That's all. It's, it's not Queenstrike, but I know Buffett does that a lot. He puts a lot of ballads. He does. So maybe that's I'm a, just that's accustomed a style to hearing of music, that. Though. You think about it. Distantly in Love is one of the greatest closing thing, so. songs ever. Which one? Distantly in Love. Isn't that what he closes that one album with? Uh, I think so. I'm one yeah. of those albums. I think he closes one with Tin Cup Chalice, too. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's, that's, Yet one that's of the greatest songs he's ever written. I mean, yeah. the artist specific can help that. And if the album fits the vibe, this right. album to me... A little rotation in placement. This song might have scored a little better for me. I might have wanted to listen to it as it goes through the whole. Like, like going to get next to you or go get close to you. That song grew on me over the, over the week because I was like, you know what? It kind of falls in placement. And then after I yeah. read about the vampiric thing, I was like, good lord! This is, the reason why they did this song is because of the vampire theme. Right. Yeah, and you don't hear amazing. nobody talk about this. Just so you know, this is just stuff that's written over the years. I found on the internet about vampires. Eh, nonetheless. All right, let's let's wrap this thing up with our <laughs> final thoughts. Sorry, guys. I'd love to. I, wouldn't it be hilarious time. if, like, at the at the end of this reviews in some comment section, Jeff Take is on there. This is not about vampires at all. <laughs> Dude, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Jeff, we want to talk to you. Just so you know, I have reached out to your publicist multiple times. Yeah, please. Please he talk actually to us, was nice to all, us anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and your publicist was absolutely polite as can be. We would love to have a conversation with you, and I, we talk Queensrÿche, we can talk solo stuff, whatever. I just we think you're we one of the greatest vocalists of all time. We can talk about your favorite books, favorite right. movies. He absolutely favorite meal you like to have before I, I mean, the show. We don't I care. Won't argue that with anybody. He's one of the greatest vocals of all time, especially metal genre or whatever. He is. I love he it. absolutely can crush it, man. I mean, he good is. lord. All right, fanboy over. Here we go. <laughs> so. <laughs> Rates for Order to me, it may be considered, I guess it's considered their first progressive rock album from Queensryche because the last album's a little bit heavier, uh, the, the Warning, which is an awesome record. Um, uh, but you got to remember, this this album, follow the follow-up to this album is honestly one of the greatest rock opera albums of all times. Um, probably, like you guys know, it's one of my Deserted Island albums. It's up there in my top five. It'd go with me, absolutely. Um, I, the album shows the beginning of the direction Queensryche's going to go in the future. Um, and there is a dividing line in the Queensryche fandom. That's fans that are pre-Empire and there's fans that are post-Empire. And if you're pre-Empire, you probably rate this one a lot higher than a lot of the later albums. And if you're post-Empire, Empire is going to be your pinnacle. And I get that because Empire is an absolute fantastic. Oh, oh my God, it's an awesome album. Let's face it. It's but not Mindcrime, though. That's, Operation that's Mindcrime the is the pinnacle. That's right. I, I'm with you but, on that, too. Hey, Jimmy, um, yeah. didn't after Empire, Jeff eventually leave the band after Empire at one point uh, in time? Or? I think it was the yeah, following album. Not No, two albums. Okay. It was two albums later. Okay, okay. But it was after You said Empire. post-Empire. I was wondering, maybe they just didn't like Jeff's vocals, and maybe no, no, that's no. why they were. I, I think it's because they peaked popularity at Empire and didn't get the follow-up. Didn't Because you got to remember, at this point in time, it went to grunge after Empire. Yeah. Empire kind of hit out in the middle of the grunge scene, and it kind of had that vibe, and then... After that, it kind of I mean, shot the band down. It hurt them on sales, I'm sure. It's but, kind of uh, amazing Queensryche couldn't survive the grunge because they could easily 
easily slide into that genre, I think, better than a lot of the bands from the 80s could. Personally. Maybe. You know, maybe. Maybe. I, I will say this, that uh, they were from that era, you know, that area, I should say, Washington. Yeah. They played that that scene. I think they would have been, they may have not been getting the attendance they once did prior to uh, prior to Thunder. the grunge. All right. So anyway, I'm going to continue. I mean, obviously the band has evolved from album to album, but Rage for Order is the album that really defines the sound of Queensryche. This is the beginning of their sound. Uh, that tone, the vocal silence, the rhythm section, it comes together, it knits the band together in a solid unit that really takes on the 80s hair slash hard rock genre. Um, I mean, plus, where else are you going to find songs about vampires and political overthrows? Ah, it's here. It's all here. I go back and I look at the album cover. Speaking of the vampire, I know we can't get off the vampire stuff. Album cover looks like a blood splatter. If you guys look at those album covers, look like splatters of blood. I, I dude, the greatest vampire album ever written. Queen Drake's <laughs> Rage for Order. And when you think about vampires, you think about rage. It's all there. It's all there. My overall rating is seven point two. I'm gonna bump it to seven point five because I think the album's better than that. Um, you guys can argue me if you want to. It's okay. Seven and a half. Okay. Chris, what do you think about hey, Rage for Order? Before Chris, before Chris gets into it, you mentioned the album cover. Yeah, I pulled this this week. I forgot to do it. Uh, Rage for Order was the first album cover of Queensryche to prominently feature the band's Tri-Rike logo, as nearly all later album covers would, each time with subtle changes made to the logo. Although not credited, the front cover was designed by the late English-born metal and rock journalist Gary Sharp. Anyways, I thought that was interesting that this was that that iconic image you used to see with that on Queensryche. This is where it got started, because you look at the other two yeah. albums before it, it did. You're right, so. dude. Yeah, I wanted to pull that, and I didn't have a place to put it, so I was like, oh, "Let me put it right there." So, yeah, it's a killer, killer design. So. Just interrupt my review. Sorry. Well, Please. that's okay. Yeah, I'm this. sure you had a lot of I'm garbage to talk about <laughs> yeah, with these songs, so I'm, I'm saving the fans' ears. I'm saving the fans' ears right now. Okay, that's Here what I'm go. doing. Here we go. That's right. Okay, so here's my review on this album. Uh, honestly, I liked a lot of it. It, it, but there were places where it was hit and miss. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. Uh, it starts really strong. Those first three songs are fantastic. Uh, then, you know, it's almost like there's a, a demarcation in this album where you got the first three songs. I think, I think gonna get close, kind of like is <laughs> like a marking point, and then the rest of the album kind of comes after that. Uh, those first three, are, they feel like radio singles, and I know that none of them really had any success. I, I guess if, this is, if they, if they would have released some of these songs like on Empire instead of you know once they had their their commercial success, I, I know like Walk in the Shadows, for instance, would have been a pretty big hit. It, it would have been, I think. Right. But uh, but anyway, and, and that said, there were some gems on the back half of this album too. I, I really enjoyed. Uh, Surgical Strike and New Regal, uh, Regal, or I don't know how you say that. It's kind of it's, the spelling's a little iffy on that, but it, it absolutely was one of my biggest sleepers of the year. I mean, I love that song. The groove was fantastic in that. Awesome, man. Uh, I like Screaming in Digital, too. I thought that was a fantastic song. Guitar solo and that was, was phenomenal. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of like hit and miss, a lot of hit, a little miss. Uh, definitely wasn't a fan of gonna get close to you. I mean, I it's if since probably the worst song we've re- reviewed since that one song by the police that was so bad that <laughs> that we we all kind of. Oh, I mean, this is how I felt about that one. Uh, didn't think it closed strong either. Unfortunately, I, I wish they would have maybe just dropped "I Will Remember" altogether, uh, or at least flipped it so "Screaming in Digital" was their closer. 
but that said, um, I don't know. I I think the biggest benefit to this album is kind of seeing the the seeds of what they're about to become too. I mean, that's that's definitely you can you can absolutely see where they're heading and and what the genius is that, that is about to happen is. Uh, I gave it six point one overall. I mean, that's that's what my review came up to. I that's know, fair. gonna get close, drug it down, and I will remember kind of drug it down too. But you gotta take you gotta take all that stuff in consideration when reviewing an album. If 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 it's not. And, it, you know, I mean, this isn't their pinnacle, obviously. They're getting there, but there's a few misses on this for me. So that's where Fair I enough, am. man. Fair enough. Anthony. And that's a shade you... above very good, by the way. So there's nothing yeah, wrong no, with calling an album very good. No, it's a yeah. very, it's a great album. All right. Anthony, final thoughts on the Rage <laughs> Folder. Everybody's like, I feel like this pause, really. What the hell? This pregnant pause. Everybody's like, what is going on? <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's a great pick, man. Um this is a band that kind of like Rush. I've done a lot of Rush this year that I don't really listen to as much as I probably should. And every time uh, I get a chance to, I'm always happy to do it. So, you know, Queensryche, they're an amazing band, despite all their turmoil throughout the years. I mean, they've had a few different lead singers, and even their new song, a couple of their new songs are pretty good with the new singers. So um, I can easily recommend this one to anyone who listens to this podcast and just wants some good, heavy, hard music to listen to. It came out to 7.6 for me in my final rating. Uh, I'm going to make it an 8. Um, wow. Make it an excellent. So I, I did really like them. That It might be in my top five for the year so far. So That's awesome. It's really kind of sitting up there already because I, I really enjoy diving into it. So fantastic man i'm glad i'm glad you like I, I i was hoping I, I was hoping this was going to be a pretty collective enjoy listen this you know for the past couple of weeks because you know i've secretly a uh been wanting to bring this album out for a long time to to have you guys listen to it because i know it was my first album by queen's right that i bought on cassette way back in the day in 86 uh, i mean i think i bought this one maybe within the first week of release because simply because of the album covers where does that sound that's you know it's what you did back in those days well and, i mean you uh, walk to the record store and you see that album cover you're like whoa that's kind of cool looking what's yeah, that yeah just look so. look different you know so nonetheless that's awesome all right guys uh well before we wrap this thing up we got a pick um i know that we got a pick for chris yeah, and then we've got a special episode next week correct bonus yeah yeah just right right go ahead chris and in this corner, weighing in at 165 pounds, it's the blues rock guru, the master of podcast production, and the man who cannot stop the battery. It's Chris's pick. All right, so first off, let's address, Anthony will be on vacation next week. We're bringing a guest uh, host oh, yeah. in, and uh, he, he has actually uh, suggested, I, since we've got a guest coming out, I was going to let him make the, the selection. He wants to do Weezer's debut album. Uh, they call it the Blue Album, I believe, so that's what we'll be reviewing next week. But my pick will be for the week after that, so Anthony can, can know what he should be listening to. All right, guys. Uh, I've I've given this some thought. This was an extremely popular album when it came out. Uh, it's from the '90s, Anthony. So you'll love oh that. God, God help us all. <laughs> all right, I'll just get into it. The album is titled "Cracked Rear View" by the band Hootie and the Blowfish. Awesome! Oh, oh my God, dude, that is killer! <laughs> wow. Their debut album is full of hits. 
Oh my god! Uh, I don't know it. anybody that didn't listen to this album back when it was popular. Uh, Anthony, I'm not sure you did because I know oh you were writing your country phase then. But uh, oh yeah. yeah, I think I did. Dude, Anthony, this is gonna be a pleasurable listen for you, man. I think you're gonna dig yeah. this. This is this this is the anti-grunge. This was out when grunge was out, but it was absolutely not polar grunge. opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap! That's Other a end great of the country. Pick. These guys are from South Carolina pick, instead of Seattle, and they were like they actually were trying to steer rock in the right direction. So hopefully, Jesus, I don't know if we call that's it rock. A killer but, pick. Wow. Yeah. All right. Anthony, you know, you I was like, this is an what, album what? That, that needs to be listened to. I don't know. I mean, I feel right. like, anyway. dude, that sorry is if killer, you don't like man. it, but I think you'll like it. I know Jimmy will like it, so. Oh, yeah, you know I'm going to love it. That's I'll fanboy over this one all day long. Good Lord. I killer, mean, Darius man. Rucker has made a good career out of the country scene right now. He really has, has, man. has yeah. Oh, my God. All right, Anthony, what do you got going on this week, brother? Uh, Song Lines and Tan Lines. Summer of Live continues with Far Side of the World this week, so. That's what I'm getting wow. into. Yeah, one Going of my favorite the newer songs. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites. In fact, I think it was on my top five island songs for our side of the world, if I'm not mistaken. So I've always liked that one a lot. Dude, so that's cool, man. I, I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. I, I always enjoy these little visits to stuff that I'm not as familiar with, and that's awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, and I want to recommend, they may like the Lumineers episode we did or the Black Keys. They might like the new Dawes album that just came out. It's good. I've listened to it like four or five times already. I'm really digging it, man. It's a good album. Uh, Misadventures of Doom Scroll. I'm not sure where that title comes from, but uh, there's some guy Ghost in the Machine. Is a, if you can't move to Ghost in the Machine, something's wrong with you. That's all I'm saying. So amazing song, anyways. But I want to throw it out there. I've been listening to that a lot this week, and uh, it's good stuff. And good, man. Got to see those boys in concert at some point in time. Sounds great, man. Sounds I won't great. take Jimmy though. I'll take Chris. It's all right. You you you, you do what you got to do, man. <laughs> I think I, I'm not opposed to listen to good music. I'm not opposed to it. I just, uh, I just like I think, this radio. I think Jimmy's stuff. already awesome. seen those guys. I think he was with with me at the Rhythm and at, Roots. Uh, Rhythm yeah, and Roots. That's all yeah. down there. Yeah. All right, kid. Let's just wrap this thing but... up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, eh. yeah. I do. I, I love, I love the bluegrass stuff up there, man. That's that's the one thing I do like about Rhythm and Roots. So, yeah, nonetheless, we'll wrap this up for this week for the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. <laughs>